and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Travel Podcast. Today we are staying a little closer to home and we'll be discovering the hidden gems of the small but mighty island that is Jersey. So I am so excited to be joined by Sarah Barton from Visit Jersey. Good morning, Sarah. Joe Carnegie from the Jersey War Tunnels. Good morning, Joe. Morning. And Roger Lemestre from Valley Adventures. Good morning. Good morning. Perfect. Lovely to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. Now, you're all experts in the Jersey, uh, in the land of Jersey. And um, so we're really excited to hear about all the exciting things that we can do when we get there. So let's get straight into it. How do we get from mainland UK to Jersey, Sarah? Well, I think the wonderful thing about Jersey is Jersey is closer to home, but far away from every day. So it's a a small island that is just 85 miles off the southern coast of Britain and actually 14 miles off the French coast. Um, So it's an ideal destination to just this year, especially say goodbye to travel travel stress, I'd say this summer and escape to the um, sunniest of the British Isles. So perfectly located for a holiday on your doorstep. I mean, it's part of the common travel area. Jersey is a destination, I think, this year, which will feel familiar, um, which some people will be looking for, but yet ever so slightly exotic. Um, Ideal for a short break, um, a long stay, and a great place to just reconnect with loved ones. And we feel Jersey's a really wonderful place to leave refreshed and revitalised. It's very easy to get to Jersey. That's the wonderful thing. So being so close to the UK, um, there's a range different um, means of transportation so one if you want to take your car particularly you can catch the ferry across to Jersey Um, the journey only takes four hours um, from Poole and there's an overnight crossing from Portsmouth which is a little bit longer if you're actually traveling from France it's even closer it's only an hour and 20 minutes Um, these are all with Condor ferries so a great option if you want the freedom to explore um, on your own Um, but of course uh, the flight is very short from um, most UK airports, it's actually under an hour or just slightly over from some some of the further northern destinations. So we have a great range of um, airlines that fly to Jersey. We've got British Airways currently flying from Heathrow. We've got EasyJet from Gatwick and other regional airports across the UK. We've got Jet2 that has um, added new routes this year to Jersey. So obviously going to be popular. Um, So you can fly from Manchester, Birmingham, East Midlands, Newcastle, London, said so really all the regional airports are serviced pretty much by um, different airlines blue island is the island carrier again so they fly from some of the southern airports southampton newquay and and again across the uk and we also have logan air flying here as well this year so it's really easy to get to the island and um it's very quick and simple yeah fantastic now when i went I went from Southampton and I got on a little propeller plane, which was probably the closest I'm ever going to get to a private jet. But it was so, that was the thrill of it for me. I loved it that it was, it felt so exclusive getting on this little propeller plane. And then you could see the land the whole way over the, uh, obviously there's a bit of sea in the middle, but uh, yeah, you can see that the land is actually not going so high. I loved the propeller plane. It was brilliant. 
Well, I'm actually flying to Jersey tomorrow. So I'm very excited, flying from Heathrow, which is great. And and as I said, it's such a short journey. Before you're up in the air, you've got about time to order a cup of tea and then you're down again. So it really takes away all that travel stress. It's a very easy journey. So, yeah, and it is. You get wonderful views of the island as you arrive. So it's an island that's just nine by five miles. So it's quite small, but so much to offer. Yeah, a bit like me. I like to say I'm small but mighty. Many four foot ten, <laughs> but I love Jersey, and um, it's perfect for everyone, isn't it? So this this would be a brilliant family destination. Only only um, having to pop in your car for a few hours or get on a little plane, it's brilliant for everyone. But Jen, yeah, what? Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, I was just going to say it's an ideal destination for whether it's couples, whether it's families, whether it, whether it's kind of empty nesters. We really have something for everyone. And actually, I think it's, it's just also great for educational groups, you know, for schools coming over from the UK, for lots of sporting teams as well. We have huge amounts of uh, sporting teams coming over with doing rugby, football, hockey, netball. Um, you know, even the British Lions are coming across this this year to, to use this as a training base um, and other things like triathlon as well. And, but we also get huge amounts of youth groups across. Um, so um, scouting groups and girl guides and, uh, and boys brigade. And, and and things like that as well so you know it really is um a fantastic location or destination for for almost everybody yeah and i guess that pairs with because there's so much to do on the um on the island so there's loads of activities and we'll come on to that in a bit but where where would we stay i know that you've got somewhere uh, roger you look after some self-catering places to stay could you tell us more about that yeah, so self-catering obviously gives you a lot of freedom uh, to holiday um, like it's home from home, really. Um, so the island um, has a large range of self-catering accommodation on the island, ranging from uh, studio flats all the way up to five, six bedroom houses. But we also have a large range of different activity, uh, different types of uh, self-catering accommodation, including forts, um, castles. We've got glamping, we've got studio flats, we've got apartments, we've got, and we've got anything from modern and traditional houses, Jersey houses. Um, so everybody, every sort of property comes with a unique quality, be it historical or overlooking a beach or overlooking um, a hub or nestled away in the countryside. So, you know, uh, definitely self-catering definitely gives you a freedom, which um, which is uh, pretty special in the island. Yeah, definitely. Now, when I went, I stayed at um, the Merton Hotel, which is a really cool um, family hotel. And I would recommend the wave machine, but I would also recommend a swimsuit, not a bikini, because... Yeah. That could be dangerous, but it was good fun. What about some other, um, maybe if you you don't fancy doing the cooking when you get there, for example, are there any other uh, hotels that you might uh, like to stay in in Jersey? I think, as Roger said, there's just a fantastic range of accommodation, whether you're looking for a luxury or boutique hotel, whether you're looking for a beachside guest house, self-catering or glamping. We really have a choice of everything. Um, so it's it's really what do you want? Do you want to wake up with a view to the sea or do you want to kind of enjoy that city chic? Um, we've got four or five star properties from manor houses to central locations. 
Um, we've got places such as um, St. Brillard's Bay, the Golden Sands, Lorizon Hotel, all that are down in St. Brillard's Bay, which is um, a beautiful location, has one of the most stunning beaches on the island. Um, so ideally located, great for families who want to kind of rush out straight onto the onto the sandy beach. Um, or those who do want to be in the centre of St. Helier, there's a, there's a fantastic range of hotels there, whether that's the Royal Yacht, the Pomme d'Or, which is right in the heart of um, St. Helier. We've got our five-star um, accommodation, um, Longville Manor, which is a sort of manor house um, property that offers a, a unique spa as well. We've got Hotel de France. Again, people who are looking for wellness breaks, they have a wonderful spa, which is just on the outskirts of St. Helier. So there really is something for everyone. Um, and like you say, yes, the flow rider at the Merton is um, very popular for families. But again, alternatively, and, and uh, you know, I know I know you've been to the zoo actually in Jersey, but um, Jersey Zoo, which is a, an amazing place to go and visit, um, also have glamping. So if you're looking for something just completely different, but looking for a bit of style with it as well, they have these great, amazing um, glamping pods, which you can stay in with a family or as a couple and just enjoy the surroundings and being one with nature. Yeah, I've actually stayed there a couple of times and it's been amazing. You wake up and you're listening to monkeys, you know, and you think you're in a forest. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, really, really cool. I must admit, when I saw the the glamping pods, I was wondering, you know, how, because, you know, nature sort of comes alive at night as well. It, was it super loud? Did you get some sleep? No, at night time, it wasn't too bad. I think the animals just couldn't sleep when it was oh. dark. Um, yeah, no, it's lovely. Um, but actually, in these glamping pods, you've also got um, uh, real fires. And so, you know, so you can actually just so put the wood in and, and just be around. And we took our kids when they were slightly younger as well. And it was just magical. It was just lovely. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Well, there's so much to do on the island. don't even know where to start, but I guess a good place to start would be the very famous Jersey War Tunnels. And um, we're very lucky to have Joe with us um, this afternoon and he looks after those. So, Joe, what's it like in the uh, in the Jersey War Tunnels? Tell us all about it. Um well, I think one of the things you just said there, Julia, is, is pretty technical. That it's unique. It's a really unique site. I'm I'm incredibly lucky with my great team to be able to run um, the number one visitor attraction in Jersey. Uh, we we'd like to welcome generally over a hundred thousand people each year to come down into our tunnels. Um, and they were obviously they were built by the Germans during the Second World War. It's um, probably the best preserved um, site from the German occupation. Uh, that we have uh, and, and yeah it's absolutely fascinating there's not many places you can go a kilometer underground or, or a kilometer of tunnels 35 meters underground um, and, and we like to tell the full occupation story there so you get to understand from the, the pre-war days of, uh, of when Jersey was a, a holiday destination pre-war um, through the sort of initial fear and uncertainty of occupation um, the heroism and the the not so good side of it all the way through to the joy of liberation and it's um it, you know, it's a fascinating story. It's an opportunity for, for you know, all ages to, as, as Roger has said about education, to learn something new, but, but in a really, really unique environment. Um, and we also have some escape rooms there. So particularly family groups and, and other groups that we get, come and test yourself and see if you can get out of the room and solve all the puzzles to do that. But um, we also are lucky uh, across the island with other occupation sites as well that are run by, for example, Channel Islands Occupation Society, 
um, where you can, you know, really see how it was in the day. But but we're, we're lucky. It's a beautiful area. And we're just off the beautiful St. Peter's Valley. We have woodland area above us where people can walk. But it, it's a it's a real must do for people to come and see and have a look. Definitely. I learned so much going down those tunnels and it was really quite interactive as well. There's a lot, you know, for the kids as well. If you're going to take those, they would have a brilliant day as well. Trying to find the I won't give it all away, but, you know, what you what you get at the beginning. Um, it's a really good adventure. Uh, top tip, though, always take a coat. When you go into uh, the Jersey Wall tunnels. I was about chilly. to say, it's generally between 10 and 12 degrees down there. So even on the hottest day, we have people coming out feeling a little bit chilly. But fortunately, again, we have a, we have a good cafe that can, can warm people up with a nice bit of food and hot drinks as well. Oh, yeah, the hot chocolates there. Very, very nice. We had a lovely time. But as well, you know, there's so much, so many other things to do as well. So, what, uh, Roger, you look after some uh, some fantastic things as well. well. Can you tell us about the Valley Adventures? Yeah, so lucky enough to own Valley Adventure. Valley Adventure is a uh, an outdoor adventure park where we have a huge amount of activities available uh, for people to book on too. So these include things like aerial trekking, which is, you know, getting all harnessed and helmeted up and then going on to some, uh, going into a tower up to three metres or eight metres or up to 12 metres. And then you actually just walk around from uh, pole to pole, traversing the challenges between those poles. Um, so, yeah, it can be very exciting. You know, we have some people that um, find it quite difficult at heights. And we've got some people that just revel in it. Um, and then that generally finishes off with a power fan drop, which was the first device actually so it goes right to the top of our tower and you walk off a platform so it's like a bungee but you actually don't come back up again albeit you land nice and so slowly yeah i could see you could see that everybody was worried about that one um and but actually what happens is a power fan system which is um which was devised um by the army to help people jump out of airplanes and so you actually walk off and you get six meters of free fall and then the fan kicks in at the top bar above you and then you just just slowly or not so slowly if you're of my size just just get to the, get to the um, get to the ground um and then you land no no um no heavier than if you just jumped up and down off the ground but obviously as you've just jumped off a 12 meter tower sometimes your head and your legs aren't talking to each other so um you can get a bit jelly like state at the bottom but we also have you know the longer zip wire in the islands so it's about 150 meters over the center over the pond and land on the other side of the valley we have a giant king swing um, so we take you up to 10 meters and pull a rip cord and you fly past the ground at over 65 miles an hour. And then we also have lots of other activities like archery and axe throwing, um, you know, lots of activities for people to uh, to enjoy when they're over here. And then obviously we've got some new activities this year as well. So we're uh, moving on to the beach and um, we're doing some uh, co-steering and some stand up paddle boarding. But there's huge amounts of activities to do in the island. You know, it's not just... Um, you know, we, we, have, we talked about Jersey Zoo. Jersey Zoo is an amazing and amazing place, obviously, uh, with lots of um, lots of work going on to uh, to look after the species there or the endangered species. Um, and, and that is just, you know, I, I grew up right next door to it and it is just the most amazing place. We've got some of the heritage sites like Elizabeth Castle, um, you know, and you need to get ducks. These are these amphibious vehicles to get to Elizabeth Castle when the tide's out. Um, and that's just a journey on its own. That's just a, an experience on its own. And then Gorey Castle and the Jersey Museum, the Maritime Museum. And then Hook B. 
Hook B has got, you know, a burial tomb, which is 5,000 years old, which is actually older than the pyramids. You know, it's just um, absolutely crazy. Um, and then obviously at the equinox, um, when the sun comes in and it's all been, I don't know how they built it in those days to make it so that, you know, at one point in time, the sun shines through um, the the, uh, the entrance to the tomb. Um, but it's just, uh, and, and that's just amazing. But then other things as well, like Lamar Vineyards, um, you know, so you can go in and, and sample some wines and, and have a look at the vineyards around there and actually, I think, do some wine tasting and wine smelling. Um, yeah, it's all great. Um, Samurai Manor with the Arbitorium, the Arbitarium there. Oh, it's amazing. You know, just uh, all the trees they have there and, and the ponds and the and the different gardens that they have there. But uh, we also have lots of things for the kids. Um, so amazing adventure park, great indoor and outdoor activities. And then, um, you know, uh, if you're not uh, keen on the water, then we also have um, things like um, the walking around the island. The cliff paths are just amazing. And there's um, there's also other tours, lots of tours. And there's one tour, which is a, a bioluminescence tour. Um, so you can actually go on, you know, at low tides and they take you down onto the rocks and then you you can actually just look at all the bioluminescence in the um, in the rock pools uh, it's just you know there is there are so many things for people to do on the island whether it's walking cycling rib trips golf diving sea diving you know sky diving um and so you know huge amounts of activities I think it's. I mean, it's it's a really interesting point that Roger makes. We often have have a have a good laugh with with many a visitor where they've come and they just fundamentally don't understand that on an island nine miles by five you can have just so much to do. I mean, I, I was really fortunate, obviously, growing up here as a kid. I had a great childhood because you know even even if you you didn't want to go and do something specific and pay to do something, you would just take the surfboard and go down the beach and have a beautiful surf. But um, you, you know, for the adventurous, Roger said this skydiving. You can have flying lessons. Um, you can get in a rib boat and head off to our beautiful reefs of the minkies or the ekrahos offshore. You, you see the dolphins, the seals, um, and it, it's really absolutely stunning. But if you're not quite so adventurous, we know we've got the beautiful beaches that you can relax on. Or as Sarah said, some fantastic spas um, or a nice round of golf. It, it, it's really hard to just try and explain to people just how much that we actually have going on here. Um, that's fantastic across all age ranges as well. Yeah, I totally agree, Jay. Oh, we only went for three days, but I needed a rest when I got back. There was a lot to fit in. And um, yeah, I think I that's think... more to do with your drinking habits, isn't it? <laughs> don't know about that yet. We haven't come on to that section yet. <laughs> but yes, um, it was it was a full on trip and there's a lot um like you guys and you can tell how passionate you are about it in in your voices how it really comes across how much there is to do and how exciting all these bits are and definitely touching on the the conservation work that the that the zoo's doing like you said Joe, it really is incredible that they're doing up there but um what about the beaches or um and uh, and those cliff paths and Sarah what what's the best kind of beaches I know you've got a few even in uh, such a small space I think, I mean, you know, obviously we've sort of touched on it already, but the landscape of Jersey is quite diverse. So not only does it have, have a wealth of um, attractions and activities, but because the landscape is so variant from the north side, which is more of a kind of craggy coastline where you get the most stunning views, um, a, a, a spectacular place to go for some wonderful um, cliff, cliff top um, walks down to the east side where the 
fields where they farm the Jersey roll potatoes sort of roll down to the um, beautiful golden sands um, and into the village of Gory, where you have, as Roger said, have the um, Gory Castle, um, Montaguay Castle. And then, you know, St. Brillard's, a stunning beach, which we've already spoken about briefly. One of the, um, it was voted actually by TripAdvisor a couple of years ago as one of the third best beaches in the UK. So definitely one to see. But it's all those hidden little bays as well that are spectacular. Rosal Bay, um, Plemont Bay. There's also um, St. Juan's, which is um, a five-mile five stretch of golden sands. Um, the most spectacular place to go and have a sundowner, actually, um, as the sun sets um, in the evening. You can go to a, a great bar called El Tico, or um, there's a number of different places over there where you can just enjoy the sun setting in the evening. Um, but also, that's where the um, it, it's well known for its surfing, actually. So um, Jersey had, had one of the first um, surf schools established um, in Europe, um, set up quite a while back. And um, yeah, the, you know, you'll often find people out going for a surf early in the morning or during the day. So that's a great place to go and enjoy the, the waves. I think with what, what Sarah's saying on, on the beach side as well is, is that point I'll pick up on is the little bays that are hidden away. And it's great, particularly if you get one of our um, EV bikes, the electric bikes, and you're, you're, you're cycling around. I'm a North Coast dweller. And, you know, I now know all these nice little bays that, you know, if you've got a windy day, you can always find somewhere that's nice and sheltered, somewhere that's good for the kids to run around quite safely. Or as, you, as Sarah said, the big the big bays such as St. Juan's Bay where you can go surfing. But it it really is for me, and I sort of try to explain to people, it's one of these places where you can, you're not going just for the beach holiday. You can have a rural holiday and you can have a town holiday all in one day. Go down the beach for a beautiful morning, spend a bit of time in the countryside in the afternoon, and then you go have a great meal or clubbing in the evening. Uh, you know, find some of the best restaurants, for example, that you would find find anywhere in Europe. I think, as Joe said, if you stand in the middle of the island, you're never really more than 10 minutes away from the sea, which is wonderful. So you get the best of both worlds. You get the inland landscape and everything that that um, has to offer. And then you get those beautiful beaches. Yeah. And growing up in the islands as well, in the north coast, you know, going down to Roselle Bay and in the rock pools there as a kid was just amazing um but you know I, i'm a sea swimmer now um so we're doing we, we swim all the way through the winter and it is just you, you just it is just the most amazing place to be able to swim and it doesn't matter where the wind's coming from there's always a bay that you can swim in um and uh, and and the temperature going down to eight degrees but it's actually it's 11 and a half at the moment so it's really warm so i'm taking my wetsuit off um you know so it's it's just, it's just the most we are just so so lucky to have all of these um all of these amazing places to to, to visit yeah and they're so clean your beaches are incredibly clean pristine beaches the clearest water it's just so beautiful yeah, I mean, so that, that, that comes down to our tides. You know, we have 40 foot tides, which is, you know, over 12 meters in height. Um, so that's, you know, so, the, so and, the, and the beaches get washed twice a day, you know, so it's just they are just so, so clean. Um, and it just and it just, you know, I'm just I was just thinking about uh, another place, you know, the, the, the half day par Lido, an outdoor swimming pool. You know, it's, it's award winning. Um, and uh, people can swim there at all states of the tide as well, you know. But saying that, even when the tide is right out, there are beaches that you can go and you can go and swim at. You know, it's just it's just we are just so blessed with with what we have around our island. 
I think, as Roger said, uh, being having one of the third largest tidal ranges in the world, that's the island actually doubles in size. And that's what makes it so fascinating when the tide is out, you know, walking on those tidal beds. I mean, one of the popular things to do is actually um, sea foraging. So you go and you go out onto the tidal beds and you can have a guide who will take you across there you know, trying all the different seaweeds, showing you what's edible, what's not. Um, that's a really fascinating kind of walk to do. Um, so, yeah, the the tide actually as well, you know, the tides sort of feed the land as well. That's why we have our famous Jersey roll potatoes. It's all the nutrients from the sea that comes into the soil and they use seaweed to fertilise those um, Jersey roll potatoes. And that's why they have this, such a phenomenal taste. And we also have all their wonderful shellfish. So, you know, if you're visiting any of the restaurants across the island you're going to get the most amazing fresh seafood um and i know we haven't come on to restaurants and, and, and food but you know it, it jersey does have a, a an incredible range of different restaurants whether it's a simple sort of kiosk where you can get an amazing crab sandwich or whether it's a michelin star restaurant yeah but let's move on to food and drink because <laughs> we we need to we're all getting hungry we always do this before lunch it's not a good idea so yeah yeah, with regards to, I mean, you know, I will just say one of my favourite things to do is um, there's a place called Faulkner's Fishery. It's an old German um, bunker that's being converted and um, the Faulkner Fishery um, family bring up their catch of the day and in the spring summer months have a wonderful just fresh seafood barbecue. It's just such a simplistic but great thing to do. It's over at St. Juan's Bay um, and, you know, that's that's the nicest thing to do on a lunchtime when you're on your electric bike wheelie around the island and um, go and enjoy some lunch there or try a crab sandwich at one of the famous um, kiosks or as I say some there's some you know spectacular restaurants from El Tico which I mentioned on St. Juan's Bay which is a great place for a sundowner or a brunch um, you can try the oyster box which is over on St. Brillard's Bay Sumas in Gory Village um, you know, we have a Michelin star restaurant, Bohemia, which is in the heart of St. Helia. So if you really want to go all out, you know, you could try that and try their taster menu. But there are such a range of fantastic restaurants, um, you know, to choose from. You will never be short of a great meal, whether it's um, whether it's fish and chips, a burger, a wood fired pizza or, you know, a whole range of other places to eat. Sorry, Sorry each, each of the bays to just have an amazing have an amazing cafe, you know. So got you got like uh, the hungry man down at Roselle. You've got Mad Mary's down at Bully Bay. You've got Collins and Greb Delay. You know, there are so many different cafes down there as well, which is you know a, a different style of eating. And as you say, Sarah, you know it goes all the way up to the Michelin star restaurants, which are just beautiful. Well, I think one of the, one of the one of the really best things about local restaurants is is they so many of them just want to showcase our local produce and the fantastic food um, that we have on the island. And I think uh, probably one of my favourites is Number Ten Bond Street, where the chef patron Joe Baker he appeared on the Great British Menu and was showcasing the the fabulous Jersey produce we have. Um, down to to my favourite pub grub, and it's been mentioned before by by Roger at, at the Rosedale Pub which again, they, they try and feature local produce whenever they can. And it's, it's a fantastic meal, really cosy little pub, lovely place to go to. But um, I mean, we, we have obviously brilliant seafood. We've talked about, you know, the marine environment has such an impact on how we live here. You know, lovely fresh fish, lobster, oysters. But obviously we have Jersey dairy producing fantastic milk and other dairy produce, the Jersey royal potato, 
We can't not mention that. And and all throughout the season, a lot of the restaurants change their menus to just go and highlight the best of what we've got on the island. Fabulous. And what about the uh, the black butter? Uh, the Jersey you know, black butter. You know, that's something that I actually make. So there we go. Um, yeah. So what? So uh, I know Lamar Vineyards actually make it on a commercial basis, and they do a fantastic job. But it's a very traditional uh, product, and. Um, we actually make it once a year um, in September um, and right from scratch. So, so it's when the apples are fallen and then you've, you've got all the apples down um, and uh, they're all peeled by all the ladies. All the ladies do all the peeling um, and then they are, and all the peels are then just squashed down um, to make this, this liquid, which we actually then put into a bashar, it's called. It's a big cauldron over a real fire. Uh, and basically what we do is we put some spices and and, and actually they're, they're quite secretive about what they put in it as well because it's very traditional and they don't want anybody else to know. Well, uh, you know, and uh, it's amazing. And we just we have to stir it for 24 hours, adding more and more apples into this basher. And, and we're not kidding. We're, we're talking about 40 barrels full of apples goes into a basher being stirred all the time on a flame that has to be kept at the right temperature. So all the old men are there making sure that they're all done, you know, and then it spits out at you and you've got to try and jump away from it. And and then you, you come out and then at the end of the, the next day, then it gets poured and then it gets fed into, put into jam jars. Um, and then we sell it and we, we actually, we sell it for charity. Um, uh, so it's, it's just the most amazing Jersey tradition that is um, really, really exciting. Oh, brilliant. It's lovely. I think um, that was something that came out to me when I went, just how passionate um, you locals are in terms of keeping your traditions and keeping that um, the history of the island alive. Because I think so often we're so quick to sort of move on or, you know, let's get some go-karts and make it all fancy. But you guys really do. The heritage is so important. Yeah, growing up, actually, it's really interesting. My, my grandparents are both from Jersey. Um, and so they, they actually spoke the Patois, Jersey language. The, um, and uh, one, one grandparent lived on the east of the island and one grandparent lived on the west of the island. And they actually had slightly different dialects, believe it or not, of Jersey French, which is absolutely bonkers. So when we used to go into their houses, they, used to, they always used to speak in Jersey French together. Uh, and when my parents used to go there, they used to speak in Jersey French. But as soon as somebody entered the house that couldn't speak Jersey French, then they would revert to English. Um, but it is just, um, yeah, it, that French influence, you know, the whole of the island has got that French influence, whether it be my name, Le Maitre, you know, or it be the road names or it would be, you know, ever, all our history with the French um, historical and actually most recent, um, you know, it's been it's been quite an exciting uh, it's been quite an exciting time. No, it's fantastic listening to you guys and the dairy. So one of my favourites is the um, there's a little ice cream kiosk. I'm not sure if he's still there, but it was only little. And um, in the old square on the old town, old market square. Oh, yes. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it's super, super delicious ice cream there. And that must all come from your, your Jersey cows, your milk, your creams. Goodness. Well, yeah, well, they actually make, so Jersey Dairy actually make ice cream, you know, ice cream pouring. So, you know, your your 99s can be, will be will be made with Jersey milk. Um, and so, you know, Jersey milk is the only milk on sale in the island. Um, and it is absolutely amazing. There's lots of difference. Obviously, we still have the soya milks and the all the other ones as well but um yeah as it comes from cows jersey milk is the only one sold in lots of different guises um, but they also make cheeses you know the island makes the most amazing cheese 
makes the most amazing yogurts, makes the most amazing ice cream. You know, it is, it is, we are just, you know, for a, a, an island with only 45 square miles, we punch well above our weight. And, uh, and it really is, you know, these are these products, as, as uh, Sarah and Joe were saying, are just sold all over the world. Yes. Fantastic. It is. Very, very famous island as well. Um, so you guys, you like to you like to have a little celebration now and again as well. I've seen there's a lot of cool events and festivals that you guys get involved in. Could you all sort of tell me about what, what's your favourite festival or event that usually goes on here on Jersey? I suppose for myself, again, run, running the, the Jersey War Tunnels, it is that, that level of history. I, I always enjoyed what it used to be called the Battle of Britain Day, but it's now known as the International Air Display, which, which happens in September. And um, we have people lining along the front um, from town through to St. Obins um, and get some fascinating aircraft coming in and flying. And you can get up to the airport and see them see them parked up and so on and so forth. So I always used to enjoy, particularly my kids as well, love, love watching the International Air Display. I think Battle of Flowers for me. Um, that or the Jersey Boat Show, because I'm into my boats as well. So, um, you know, Battle of Flowers, though, is just amazing. You know, these people spend months building these floats, and it is a carnival. It is a carnival. They, the most amazing uh, floats go past, and they're there for a whole day, evening as well, all on parade with lights, with with you know all the festivities going on of, of a major carnival, food festival, um, and everything. It is a, it is a special, special thing. Does that take place on the, on the sea, Roger? No, no. So, so the Battle of Flowers is actually on the Esplanade, on our on our main road between town and and uh, and, and, and Bell Royal, actually. Um, so they parade and they drive and they're, they're they're motorized and they and they actually parade along both sides of our Esplanade. So it's closed for the whole day. The Esplanade is closed for the whole day to take over for this massive festival. And it's been going for years. It's, I think it's like 80 years or something like that it's been going for. You know, and it, and it is, you know, if you ever look at, um, and they have always had very famous people that come and be Mr. Battle. And, and there's, you know, so there's a pageant show as well. It's just, it's just everything. The history about it is just, it's just really, really great. And I, and I think one of the things with with my, my children love the battle and they're now growing at the age where they're beginning to enjoy the music festivals as well. And we have some, some fantastic music festivals from, from folk music and, and other music down at Greve de Lec, uh, all the way up to, you know, sort of top headlining bands appearing at, at the sort of the, the electric park and so on and so forth. So we do have music festivals that cater for all, all eventualities. Um, and again, as, as Roger and I can to attest to, the beer festival when it runs is always an absolutely fantastic event to go to. We get lots of different beers and ciders. Um, again, showcasing our own Liberation Brewery is one there, and the Roblin Cider and various others. Um, and again, when we stay on food, we have the Tenor Fest, which runs through, and Sarah might be able to correct me on this one, but I think that's sort of September, October time, where all of the restaurants put on, or most of the restaurants put on a special meal at special price. So, so for us foodies, we can go bouncing around and sort of try out different new places as well. And then the motoring festivals, Bully Bay Hill Climb, Sand Racing, Jersey Rally, you know. So we do have lots and lots of events based on based on lots of different uh, activities. Yeah. Fantastic. and Away is also good. You know, Fetton Away, you know, just the Christmas time, just um, with everything in, in, in the central, you know, in, in, in the town square there. It just is transformed into a, a lovely Christmas, you know, just beautiful Christmas fate area. Just stunning. And obviously well worth trying to get over here for the weekend we've just had, which is which is the Liberation, Liberation Weekend and Liberation Day on the 9th of May. 
Um, always lots of activity, military, we had military vehicles up at the Jersey war tunnels, but they parade around the islands. Uh, there's normally a big sort of celebration and service in, in Liberation Square. Um, and that's a great event as well, the Liberation Time. Oh, goodness. So the guys have covered everything there, haven't they? That's a lot, isn't <laughs> it? Like the sporting events, you know, there are the Jersey Marathon. There's um, we've had Super League Triathlon on the island. Um, there's a day where they walk all the way around the island, which is uh, quite a, a task. But um, yeah, that's supposed to be something if you're quite active. But yeah, there's many sporting events um, to come to as well. But um, I think the guys have summed it up. There's, there's food, there's flowers there's history events you know I think there is you can really time a great holiday around one of those events just to sort of absorb the atmosphere and 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 take in the whole story life brilliant goodness so I guess it's be quite difficult then to say which was the best time of year to go um I think the thing with Jersey is it is a destination that, yes, summer is always popular without a doubt, but I think it's an all year round destination. I think as you can see in what you've heard today, um, there's something at every time of the year. I mean, Tenefest takes place, as um, Joe said, around October time. So brilliant time to go and enjoy and get some great um, bargains on the food and try all the different um, range of food that's available. Um, the Battle of Flowers is in August. Um, I believe uh, National Beer Day is coming up quite soon in June. So, you know, there is something throughout the year. And I think sometimes, you know, while summer is, is great, I think some people want Want different things they want to come and relax and you know it's just as as lovely to enjoy a cozy pub and a, and a wintry walk on one of those stunning beaches as it is to sort of be out enjoying St Brillard's Bay or some of the other beaches in the midst of the summer I mean there's you know the seasons are bring different things whether it's the daffodils the orchids um you know it, it, Jersey naturally has something every time of the year but it's always a little bit warmer, isn't it, in Jersey? You've got quite a nice climate. It's the sunniest, the sunniest, sunniest place in the British Isles. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely claim that. Yes, it does have a bit of a microclimate, which um, is great because it's just, you know, a little bit warmer than the UK. The weather's um, lends itself well to, uh, you know, enjoying the outdoors activities, enjoying the sea swimming, as Roger said, or out paddleboarding or surfing or um, co-steering or all those things. You know, the, the weather is um, just having that slight warmth of weather is just ideal. Especially for Roger when he sees swimming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my wetsuit. Yeah, but no, but it's, it is coming off. It is coming off this weekend. So my wife tells me. Oh, very exciting! See, there's other exciting sights to go and see on Jersey, not just the attractions. Um, but it's so rich in history. It's the other thing um, that really stood out to me when I visited. Not just you know your war tunnels and your and all all that sort of past, but also the more modern history of it all. Is there anywhere else that you would recommend for to see the historical sites? Well, I think it's. Um, it, I, as you're probably picking up throughout this podcast, we're jamming an awful lot into a small space here. And 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 Roger sort of made made the point of you know we we go all the way back through prehistory and, and Neanderthals and then through to Lahook B, um, which is a fantastic, amazing site to visit, all the way through to the attraction I run, um, Centre on World War II history. 
but we have you know two probably the best castles two of the best castles in europe here um even little things like um the royal square in the center of st Helier. and i love taking friends there and you sit and have a have an alfresco drink and you point out the musket ball holes in the wall of one of the pubs from the battle of jersey in, in 1783 so um yeah it, it, it's absolutely fabulous replete with history loads of things to do and i think i'll highlight again the point roger said about some of the accommodation you can actually go and stay in old coastal forts. So there's an old German observation tower, which has got a fantastic panoramic lounge built on the top that people can go and stay in. So um, yeah, it's it, for history buffs. There's everything from walking tours um, that will take you through all the different stages of, of, of Jersey history to going and actually visiting and, for example, with us getting hands on and, and interacting um, with the occupation story. Also, it's probably worth mentioning, we have um, Jersey Museum and Art Gallery. That's a great place to go and sort of start your journey around Jersey because they have a wonderful short film that's free to go in to see, um, which does give you that kind of timeline of Jersey's history. So, I mean, that's a great place to start. Um, and also there are other places for families. Um, Roger might have mentioned this Hampton Museum. It's um, dates back to the 15th century, an old working farm. So it's it's a wonderful place for, you know, family to go and explore what farming was like back in the 15th century. We have um, 16 George Street, um, walk through the front door and you go back to Regency Jersey. So again, another side to, to the island. Um, and then the Maritime Museum as well. That's fascinating. It's got, got an old um, tapestry that was um, made, which, which kind of reflects the liberation of Jersey and um, the whole story around that. And then the iconic lighthouse, Corbier Lighthouse. I think many people come to the island and like to do an island tour, actually, which is a great way to sort of just get a feel for the island. Um, and a stop that many many of those tours take is to see the Corbier Lighthouse and just, you know, take in the sights from there. Yeah, I don't think people realise that, you know, some of the castles, like Gorey Castle was inhabited by Charles II, and he was over here whilst his dad was, I believe, having his head chopped off in the in, in England. So, you know, we, we have a big connection um, and a big history, um, you know, uh, with the UK. And, 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 and obviously, uh, with France so close, there is... Um, there's lots of connections in, in, in both ways, huge, huge amounts of traditions and huge amounts of history um, um, from both sides. You, you know, we even became, we were even pirateers, you know, so um, the island used to make huge amounts of ships. Um, and, um, and and because we were in between France and, uh, and England, they used to pirate both of them, basically. Um, and then the um, and then in the uh, 1700s and 1800s, the. Uh, the, the spice and cod um, houses were all built on money, which was Jersey fishermen because they were so good because of all the rocks and everything else around it, and they had to be very, very good at navigation. Um, they used to um, take lots of ships to, um, you know, through to the Indies and across to Canada for the cod cod trips and do this triangle, and and uh, a lot of wealth came into the island from there. Um, so you know, huge amounts of history, which is all shown in a lot of these museums. Goodness me, so much to fit in. So, there are some other islands around Jersey um, that we might do on another podcast. So, let's be kind. Um, but basically, so, I mean, what would you recommend, Sarah? You, could you incorporate a, a holiday on Jersey with some of the other islands? Is that easy to do? 
Yeah, I think Jersey is the largest of the Channel Islands, um, but also, you know, it's it's the ferry obviously stops off in Guernsey on the way to Jersey, so it's um, a great thing to do. You could do a sort of island hop and go and visit Guernsey, and then, of course, they have the smaller islands of Guernsey, Herm, Sark, Alderney. Um, they're really unique and different, so if you, if you want, obviously, Jersey has so much to offer, you don't really need to go anywhere, but... It is always nice when you come to the Channel Islands to go and explore some of those other islands as well. You can actually, I know we mentioned earlier on, going on a rib, rib boat tour. So you can go off to the small islands off Jersey, Lezekiro and Minkies, and that's just 20 minutes away. But you can take one of those rib boats over to um, Herm or Sark, or you can actually take a boat over to St. Marlow for the day. So those are other options that you could do. So you can sort of base yourself in Jersey and go across to the other islands and really explore the Channel Islands as a whole. Yeah, we do actually have quite a lot of um, European visitors that actually um, stay with Freedom Holidays with um, both in South Catering in both islands. Um, because uh, we do have properties in both islands and so we do see that we do see a lot of europeans using the um the islands and island hopping between the two oh fabulous goodness me your passion has really come across it's obviously the most exciting place to visit but um and we've covered so much we really have it's really the place to go for literally anything and it doesn't matter who you are either um but i guess we should wrap it up a little bit and i just wanted to end on some sort of personal recommendations anything we're not going to find in a brochure or it on um on a website something where you like to go as, as locals and um, experience the real Jersey? I'll go first. Um, okay, just west coast, sun setting, sea lapping at the wall mm. at one of the restaurants on someone's boat, you know, at Sands, at El Tico, at, uh, you know, just any of those Le Bray, just any of those restaurants, um, just the most amazing, beautiful, beautiful end of a day with friends and a glass of wine I, I think on the other side of the island i'm north coast roselle bay or Bouley bay i've got three very active children when the tide's up they like to jump off the piers and have a great swim around maybe have a breakfast at um the hungry man um and then again point in the roselle and look out the sun setting over over sark and um looking at looking at the coast of france as well couldn't really be any better and I think if um, if you're looking for a nice um, restaurant or bar, St. Helia is the hub of it all. I mean, they've got some great markets to explore, great shops to go shopping in and some wonderful choice of restaurants and bars. And again, you're right by the marina there. So you can go and enjoy a glass of wine, just enjoying the sunset. Um, but it's a real hustly bustly city. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful place also to enjoy in the evenings. Of course, Sarah, the tax-free shopping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And I guess, so my personal favourite, I love the cows. I think they're just the cutest things. They're so lovely. And um, it's just, I like that when, it, when you can just drive around the island, like you've mentioned, five minutes, even looking to the left and looking to the right, you're going to experience different things on your, even just a 10 minute car journey. It is the most incredible place. I mean, we so haven't mentioned the green lanes, I was going to say. So the green lanes, um, you know, the, the, 
you know, the, the speed limit is at 15. The priority is the um, pedestrians and the cyclists. Um, and it's a wonderful way to go and explore those, as you said, discover the different sides of the island, but also spot those iconic Jersey cows on the way. Um, and they are the friendliest of cows, without a doubt. And adding to that, the cycle paths, you know, we've got huge amounts of cycle only paths as well. Um, so it's great for bikes. And I think Joe said before about EV bikes with their electric bikes. And there's also, you know, other other ones as well. And maybe some new exciting activities to be announced very shortly on that type of front as well. So there we go. Ooh, fancy. Very exciting. So that's it, guys. Like we said, so if you need somewhere, if you want to go somewhere really rich in history with five star attractions, incredible gastronomy and amazing sporting and not and other events thrown in for the likes, then Jersey is your place. It's where you need to be headed. So thank you so much to you guys for your time. Really appreciate it. And it's been absolutely fantastic. And as always, please rate us five star on the listening platform and share with your friends and check back on our previous episodes for more exciting travel podcasts. So that's it from us today. Thank you so much for your time, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. And thank you, Roger. Thank you.